1: Good Afternoon, everybody, and welcome in. It's the Ken Miller Show on a Wednesday. Trent Condon is with me as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. A busy show today, although a little bit different on a Wednesday. David Kaplan, who is normally with us, uh, is is John Kapoor. Um, so okay. uh, Cappy is off today, and he will join well me since you're taking the weekend off, <laughs> leaving me high and dry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, slow down, Ken. Moore.
1: No, we'll be fine. Uh, right, do we
2: want to get the scoreboard out? How many I probably you've owe you been a couple gone of days. for compared to me? Yeah.
1: And have I told you my December slate yet? It's not uh, good. It's not, well, it's good for me. It's Tell me after I get back from Probably vacation. so. So anyways, we will um, move Cappy until Friday if you're a Cubs fan. Not that we're going to ignore the Cubs. Another nice win for the uh North Siders last night. Uh we will discuss the Cubs, but do so today without Cappy. Cappy chimes in Friday right at one. And I look forward to catching up with the Capman at that point. Uh Stephen M. is going to be here a day early than he normally is. We'll preview uh Nebraska and Michigan, but more so we'll talk a lot of Big Ten, get Sip's opinion on Wisconsin and Iowa's. We can't you can't talk enough about this game this week. It's just you just can't. The stakes are so so big, and you know when you boil it right down, if indeed whoever wins this game, they are clearly in the driver's seat towards Indianapolis. I came in and I saw Trent on uh, one of the uh, hotels dot com. I think already. I don't know what city we're checking. I'm just going to assume it was Indianapolis because you're a little bit giddy for this, <laughs> and why wouldn't you be? So uh, Stephen M. Simple twelve twenty five. Excited to talk to a guy that we. Don't have on enough, quite honestly. He gets him once or twice a year, and that's Chuck Hartlieb, the former quarterback of the Iowa Hawkeyes and a real good guy. And Mm -hmm. uh, Chuck will chime in here at about 1245. A lot of quarterback conversation with Chuck. What does he see in Nate Stanley this year that perhaps was different uh, than he saw last year? More than the quarterback position, but we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on that because, after all, he played the position and did so at the same
3: school.
2: Yeah, a little bit different for us watching... I mean, you can see when footwork's a little bit off or a guy's aiming a throw, mm-hmm. but he can take it another step further right. than that. Right, which is
1: why I like Chuck Long in the Big Ten Network. You mm-hmm. know, he would, he pointed out on the broadcast against the, the Panthers last week, too, that you know watch his footwork. So from a quarterback's perspective, very important. We'll get
2: that with Chuck Hartlieb. So Nate Stanley versus Alex Hornibrook. <laughs> I mean, I, looking at the matchup in the trenches— now, even though Wisconsin lost last week, and there were times they were kind of pushed around on both sides, you know they're still going to play at a high level. Even with that, Jonathan Taylor still averaging 170 yards per game on the ground. To think that and Ferentz
1: went out of his way to point that out yesterday—did you see that at he the press did, conference? And he talked, talked about, about him and Montgomery and talked about Taylor. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. he
2: didn't want the bulletin board material, nope. if you will, from two weeks. Ago. Wanted to clarify that. Even with that, though, you see how things can be. Misconstrued a little bit. Remember the comments from Sutton Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were he didn't not back those up. Well, and they weren't when they were put up. And there was that picture on Twitter of them in uh, in the football offices. It wasn't exactly what Sutton Smith. It, it was. It didn't have the full quote there. Right, but so, then they kicked the ball off Trent. It's all out the window. Right, but Wisconsin and Jonathan Taylor, if they're going to use that as a motivational ploy and put in the offensive line. They're not going to have Kirk Ferentz's quotes from yesterday. No, on there. No, no, no. What they're going to have is to what he Iowa said State about game. David Montgomery, mm-hmm. that's best running gonna back happen.
1: we're going to see all year. Yes. Look, if the if the Iowa if the Iowa, if the Wisconsin offensive line needs any motivation, sit down in front of the uh, in the in the well, I hate to call it film because nobody watches film anymore. But you know what I mean. The digital re, room. Re, sit down in the digital room and we will rewatch the performance against BYU.
2: Yeah, that's all your motivation you need. Yes. Uh, and motivation in a game like this? Both teams know they what's both at both Trent, it's massive. You cannot
1: oversell this game this week. Right. Whoever wins this game, no offense, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, Illinois, you're going to Indianapolis.
2: I love that you left off Nebraska. Oh, I did. Leave off Nebraska. I didn't do it on
1: purpose. Well, you should have. I, I forgot about Nebraska. You know, I was going through the... Uh, uh, never mind. No, I, I left out the Dallas Stars as I was driving home yesterday talking oh, about the, out of the Central Division. Yes. And I think they're going to be better this year. But that aside, yeah, I didn't purposely leave off Nebraska, but they're not a factor this year. I think it was a Freudian slip. Might have been. Might have been. Now... But- that schedule is daunting. No, oh, it's, it's not fair. As they look is. at 0-2. And, and to do so without a, a quarterback, at right. least, we have no idea.
2: You know, this, the matchup, what it means, motivation, all these different things. Scott Docterman at The Athletic. I, I was reading one of his pieces. The
1: birthday boy.
2: Yes, yes, from yesterday. A couple of days, right? Yeah. Whatever, yeah. He, uh, in his article, something that I had forgotten. I think we had touched on it this summer, but just for a moment. But Nate Stanley on Instagram, as I will players are not allowed on Twitter, so mm-hmm. neither of us are big Instagrammers. Hey, yeah, I don't have I don't to do know it. I don't know if that's, <laughs> you take a picture and you post it just like you would a tweet. It's very simple. Okay. But Twitter kind of does for us. But on Instagram, Nate Stanley posted a picture of the Bull, Albert the Bull, mm-hmm. and a little inspirational quote behind it if you want something. And wh- how
1: recently on. did he do this? It was
2: during the summer. Okay. It was during the summertime. So for the people that that truly believe that Kirk Ferentz and all these football players are robots one game at a time, that's Mm how, come on, this game does mean a lot to us. Did you read
1: Mark Morehouse's piece? We'll have Mark tomorrow that came out, I think posted at thegazette.com last night. Mm -hmm. He was there and he noticed that the the cars were in the parking lot, the mopeds were in the parking lot, the lights were on in the football office, a little later than normally they are this week.
2: Wisconsin has what Iowa football wants. Mm-hmm. They have the mantle of the power of the Big Ten West, yep, and they all do. The roads go through. And They've the earned it, Trent. Let's be yes. honest. Yep. And every time they've had opportunities to break through, they've broken through. Or when a, a season sets up, they've done it. Iowa's done it once, 2015 in mm-hmm. recent history.
1: Well, what a game it was!
2: Three years in a row, Wisconsin's won double digit games, and uh-huh. and this this series has shifted. There was the long run through the late 70s through the 90s, and Early in Barry Alvarez, even as he got things turned around, he couldn't beat Iowa. It finally broke through, Iowa went through the rebuild, but then after that, Iowa bounced back again and won six out of eight, something like that. But recently, the numbers are not very good for Iowa. and it's yeah, not If just you're a Hawkeye fan, they're not. They're, they're just not losing games. They've been embarrassed at times in these games, offensively inept. I mean, last year, sixty-six yards of total offense—the lowest mm. since World War II.
1: Yeah, I know it. I know it. it's a good thing Josh Jackson showed up. <laughs> right. He scored both touchdowns as a reserve, right? Yeah, he did. And it would have been thirty-eight nothing. Thirty-eight zip it was just based on the offensive production that uh, that Saturday. Now that was after the Ohio State game, a week after scoring fifty-five. You put anything into that? I mean, I, look, I'm not making excuses for last <laughs> year, and maybe we talked about it as not in his excuse, but a, a potential reason. Because I don't remember what we talked about after. You know, coming off that huge win at home, at night,
2: over the Buckeyes,
1: such a good team.
2: I remember what we were talking about. We went a step further, and you first brought it up. Nate Stanley is an NFL guy. I did,
1: and I don't think he is, at
2: least what I've seen so far this year, but go ahead. But but at that time, with the guy draped on his leg, Ben Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, That was the conversation we are having that week, and promptly goes up to Wisconsin and plays terribly. Mm Mm-hmm. So just absolutely brutal. Yeah,
1: his Ohio State game was off the
2: charts. Yeah, five touchdowns Right against that D. They ran the ball incredibly effectively. James Daniels played his best game, maybe in a Hawkeye uniform, and then a week later, he gets lost in the By middle. the way,
1: his, has he played much? I nope. mean, he, he's nope. not even playing, is nope. he?
2: Huh. Wait till next year. Wait till next year.
1: Or an injury happens right. this year.
2: Right, and, and that'll be the thing. Kush on. So he's been okay, has he? Not, not great. Nobody really was great run blocking Monday night.
1: Yeah, they couldn't run the football. Howard did not have a good game. I thought he would.
2: You know, is it pretty simple though? Breaking it down, just quarterback v. quarterback. I think both teams will, will well, get a couple you, of plays offensively. Did you
1: see much of the BYU game? Because I watch watched most much of start it. To finish. So did I. And um, look, I kidded all summer long about the Peyton Manning passing camp yes. or the Manning pat, not Peyton, the Manning passing camp because Eli's part of it too. And and soon he'll be another retired Manning participating in this. He needs to
2: retire. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, but that aside, we'll save the Giants for another day. <laughs> you know, watching Hornibrook last week, Trent, he's, I don't know. He's bad. He's, he's not a bad great, right? I agree, yes. In that offense. Yes. With what
2: you have with the Wisconsin
1: should have a better quarterback than they They should. Do. I'm not asking them to have Russell Wilson every year. God, I hope they don't.
2: Yeah. I mean, that, what they've become would be even worse uh, for, for everybody else in the Big Ten if that was the case. Horny Brooks a bad quarterback. He's slow getting the ball out. Mm-hmm. He's not accurate. Nope. He, and people, well, he threw 27 touchdowns. Look what he did against Miami. Well, first of all, the Orange Bowl, it's a bowl game. And,
1: and look at, and let's let's take a look at the Miami season, where it was going at that point. Their whole season had collapsed. Yes.
2: What motivation did those guys None. have? Thinking they there go to the college football playoff right. right at the end of the season— to playing basically at home mm-hmm. against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You go to the U, that's not what exactly gets you fired up for a game. Well, especially when they, you know, you don't have to go back too far to see what potentially lied ahead for them. Right. So that aside, he throws a lot of interceptions. With that offense, I mean, you have one-on-one receivers all over the field. You think Wisconsin, now remember, late in the process, after Paul Chris got that job, Nate Stanley finally got that offer. From Wisconsin, from mm-hmm. his home state school, and he stayed mm-hmm. with Iowa. How different would Wisconsin be over the last two years with Nate Stanley as a quarterback as opposed to Alex Horny?
1: Well, look at the, uh, the how many games did they win last year? Eleven. Yeah, I think eleven. Eleven. 11? Yeah.
2: Well, let me look. It's it's right in front of me for God's sakes.
1: Um. Yeah, thirteen and one last year.
2: Oh yeah, they were undefeated. Right, lost once in the title game to Ohio State and then So how
1: much would it mean would Nate Stanley if would they be 14 and 0 with Nate Stanley? No, I don't think they 15 to 0. Well, in that case it would have been 15 and 0. Get 14, you're going to go 15 0. Right, right. Uh so no, not a lot different. I don't. Now they would be different coming into this year, I think, but last year this this was a pretty good football team regardless of their quarterback.
2: But you take a guy that had 15 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Mm-hmm. a Guy that went 26 and 6. And the weapons to play around with a lot more dynamic from what Iowa had a year ago, an offensive line that was a lot better than what Iowa had mm-hmm. a year ago with two freshmen. No question. The yep, spots.
1: they're growing up. The defensive line, likewise. Now they lost all the linebackers, but here's Trent Whitman. i this might be uh, this maybe I shouldn't go here, but I'm starting to wonder if Wisconsin's maybe not as good as everybody preseason thought that they were going to be. And I know we're all basing it on BYU, but look at They went to BYU and beat them by five touchdowns last year. BYU comes to this place and pushed them or, or the, their place at Camp Randall and pushed Wisconsin around. Maybe maybe Wisconsin's
2: not as invincible as we thought that they were prior to the season starting. Jerry DiNaro, DiNardo mentioned something back in their August run through everybody. And he mentioned kind of, how do you put it? They didn't have that same kind of drive before. And, and how do you replicate that striving, chip on your shoulder? It wasn't there. Your preseason top 10, it's different. And how many times have we seen this outside of the Blue Bloods, outside of the Alabamas and the Clemsons now and, and USC when they're up and running, when you have the, these next tier of programs and you build it up and you bring in some guys and, hey, maybe we do get a couple more four-stars than normal. But they don't have that same kind of motivation. They don't have that same kind of work ethic. And it can go awry quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it here with Iowa. I mean, off off the stretch of three consecutive top ten finishes, and it went down and then it cratered. I mean, they, they went 6-6 six and six and lost to Western Michigan, didn't even right. make a bowl game.
1: It's time for a new coach.
2: It can go very, <laughs> very quickly yep. when it starts to go that mm-hmm. direction. Because the margin for error... At Wisconsin, at Iowa, even at Nebraska. It's very slim, Trent. It is. Yeah, it's very small. A couple of mistakes yep. recruiting, a couple of injuries, a mm-hmm. couple of missed kicks. All of a sudden, oh boy, this team that was preseason some people had number one. Mm-hmm. They're seven and five. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility here for Wisconsin. We
1: will see. Uh, we cannot oversell this game this week, uh, and I know that's going to bug half of our college football. in big time, but it's, that's just the way it is. I, I do want to spend a couple of minutes on the Cubs. I don't know how much you watched of it last night. It wasn't much of a game. It was decided relatively early in the game. Well, not decided, but the Cubs, it was 5 nothing after two. No, it was 5-1 because uh, uh, somebody hit a home run for the uh, Diamondbacks in the bottom half of the second. Um, Marte. Uh, Kettle Marte? Yeah, Kettle Marte. Uh, the second baseman hit a home run to make it 5-1, but then they, the Cubs kept uh, tacking on runs. Mike Montgomery, yeah, he struck out eight guys last night, and then they turned it over to the bullpen. This is what the Cubs needed. The Cubs needed a laugher last night. Now they got a chance to go for a sweep. Trent, what's, what we're starting to see here is if you're a Brewers fan, you know, even if the Cubs go... Six? Who knows? Six and five? You're asking the Brewers to almost run the table if they're going to win this division. The, the division is going to the Cubs, but while that is good news, the bad news: Brandon Morrow, who they thought was they were going to get back, has now been officially shelved for the year. He has been shut down. Nor yeah. Brandon Morrow for the rest of the year. Pedro Strope is still out. I heard um, during the broadcast yesterday, Lennon uh, and Deshays were talking about the fact that maybe. Uh, Strope is a, is a, is ahead of schedule, and they'll be able to get him in a regular season game or two okay. prior to the playoffs, which is massive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to rush your closer. Having said that, when he's dealing with a hamstring, look, the last thing he's going to ever do is to run, <laughs> you would think, right? <laughs> Even if there's a ball that he needs to play, it's just going to leave it alone. We'll let somebody else come and get it. They need him on the bump in the ninth inning or in the uh, a safe situation. So nice win for the Cubs last night. Brewers are running out of time. But Montgomery, who's been, you know, look at—he's five and five. The record's not going to wow you, but the uh, strikeouts and taking care of business uh, and getting through six innings last night—that gets your attention.
2: Cubs go five and six the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. That would mean the Brewers, who only have ten games remaining, would have to go eight and two to tie, nine and one to surpass them. Not going to happen. Home free. Right,
1: pretty for, much. For all intents and purposes. Look, I think the White Sox will give them a series this week. You would like to think, if the White Sox are, if they're not playing out the string, this will be the last time just because of the crosstown rival, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But look, at, even if they do, Cubs are way better than the White Sox and you get Schwarber to DH, you're not asking your pitcher to hit because it's in the American League ballpark, then here come the Pirates and their season is done. I'll give you the fact that the Cardinals in the final season, or the final series of the regular season, will still have lots to play for because I think they're going to be in a real fight.
2: Well, but not necessarily. If, if they do have a bit of a gap and they have a two or even three game lead going into that series, they're going to be looking to... Get their starting staff Mm -hmm. and their bullpen ready for that one-game playoff, Mm -hmm. and because of that, it's even a taller hill to climb. Because they're two games back in Milwaukee to host the wild card game, they have Colorado a game and a half behind them right now. And Colorado's going the wrong way. But by the time we get there, yeah, by the time we get there, very well, be the cards could be locked into that second wild card. That's fair. That's fair. Yep. And it's even easier for the. It'll be
1: easier, because they'll want to have whoever they decide. You know, be him be ready now. Is the National League Tuesday or are they Wednesday? Do you know? Not positive. Well, it's either one or the other. Yes, yeah, either one or the other. And then the winner to get the Cubs. Boy, I if you're if you're if you're a Cubs fan, is this the one and only time this year, maybe ever in your life, you're gonna be rooting for the Cardinals? (laughs) I think I would be. Yes, I don't want to see that Brewers team. Not
2: at all. If if
1: we're trying to get the Cubs to go, you know, further in the month of October because they're really good for business, even though it's football season, but October is special. Uh, baseball-wise, um, they won the regular season series. I don't want to say relatively easily, but they played 19 games and they, I think it was like 11 to eight in the Cubs' favor. The season-long
2: series, something like that. Um, you want to see the Cardinals? The uh, wild card game for the NL will be Tuesday, Tuesday night. So an even quicker turnaround there. That's awesome. Tuesday night, Wednesday night. How about those meaningful mm. baseball
1: games? Right, Love winner it. goes on, loser go home.
2: And then the NLDS begins on Thursday, with Game Ones. American League then starts a the day later mm-hmm. on Friday, and away we go with playoff baseball. Can't wait! Away we go with Stephen M. Simple next.
1: We're going to preview Nebraska and uh, Michigan. I know that we he been uh, there's been a big talker uh, this week. You know what would have, um, if only, yeah. the 1997 game would have been played. It's, I get it. It's a fair point. It's a fair story uh, because it would have been. Sadly, as college football fans, we never got to see that game because of bowl alliances. The Big Ten winners go to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Come hell or high water, and they're playing the Pac-12 team. Simple as that. Yes. Right. And we have you, a better system now. Oh, we do. We have a much better system now. I agree with you. We'll come back. We'll talk. Uh, we'll spend a few minutes with Stephen M. Simple. More not. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this matchup. I want to pick his brain a little bit on the Big Ten West, what he has seen so far from that. Chuck Hartley at 1245. Bill Bender from the Sporting News covers college football. He's going to chime in here at 110. And then John Miller at uh, 130 or thereabouts. Going to go Iowa State today, but just, um, you know, just... Trent, I, it, it's. I think even two days later, maybe today is even harder to wrap your mind around yeah. the tragic events that happened there early in the week. It's just
2: unfathomable. We're talking about Ames, Iowa. Out on the golf course. Out on the golf on a Monday morning, for crying out loud! And you talk about you know just random acts of violence. It's completely what it was. This is another degree of it, though. Oh my God! Unthinkable tragedy. It is. It is. And, and uh, so, anyways, we
1: we were gonna you know impose on, but it's just that's not, not the right time yeah. to do so. We'll come back. Uh, we'll talk to Stephen M. Again, if you're a Cappy fan, he will be with us on. Friday, right at 1 o'clock, he said, I'll be driving over to, what is it called, Guaranteed Rate Field? Yes, you're right.
2: (laughs) It's the cell.
1: He'll be driving there to- uh, It's New Comiskey. It's New Comiskey. And that's an afternoon tilt on Friday. It's like 3.05. 3.05. I think you're right on the money. 3 o'clock first pitch on Friday. And then Friday night, has got a pretty good college slate. Well- Penn State, Illinois.
2: Better than last week.
1: Better than last week. Fair point. Sipple next. Trent and I until 2. Chuck Hartlieb coming up in about 20 minutes. It's the Ken Miller Show. 1700 KBGG.
0: You found your home for real sports talk. For real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
4: Walk, run, or wag your way to Terra Park in Johnston on September 22nd for the ARL's Iowa Dog Jog, presented by Anderson Animal Hospital. The 4K and 2K course winds around the scenic Terra Lake, and afterward, you and your pup can unleash in the pop-up dog parks and visit with local vendors. It's basically a big dog party. Sign up as an individual or as a team to fundraise for the homeless pets at the ARL. Register today at iowadogjog.com.
5: That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R.
0: Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Heavy, heavy rain this morning causing backed up traffic all the way to i Please
3: all laptops that Folks, we're
0: number nine on the list for takeoff, so a in, keep those seatbelts fastened. are
6: Welcome to Weston. Travel can be disruptive to your well-being. That's why at Weston Hotels and Resorts, we have rejuvenating heavenly beds, a nutritious
4: superfoods RX menu, and a workout gear lending program to help you stay in control and rise above it all. Weston, let's rise.
2: What type of
7: people will create a world without type 1 diabetes?
2: We're the lift each other up type. The more determined than you think type.
7: The type that will walk for life-changing research. And stop at nothing.
2: Until type 1 becomes type none. Join a JDRF walk near you so one day you could say, I helped turn type 1 into type none. Take the first step at walk.jdrf.org.
0: sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. All of the All
1: right, welcome back. Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I take you until 2. Chuck Hartlieb coming up here uh, in about, two oh, fifteen 15 minutes or so, we'll talk to the former uh, QB of the Hawkeyes, get his take on this edition of the Hawks in particular, what he's seen so far from uh, Nate Stanley. Well, speaking of seen so far, uh, 21 years ago, we didn't see any of this game in 1997. It's been a big talker. Uh, leading up to the renewal of this uh, of Michigan and Nebraska this year, SIP, you remember it well. Good to talk to you, my friend. As a um, game that never was due to the bowl alliances with the Pac-12 and uh, the Pac-10, rather at the time, and the uh, Big Ten and the Orange Bowl and the uh, Big Twelve, not going to happen. SIP, um, been a pretty big talker. It's been interesting to go back and play. What if has it not?
5: Yeah, it's always kind of big. Um, I mean, back then. I mean, I, I never paid it all that much mind because um, I kind of knew that it wasn't going to happen, you know. But I, I always felt like Nebraska would have given Michigan a lot of problems. Uh, I think they I think that stationary quarterback, Greasy, mm-hmm. um, would have been kind of a sit-and-duck. I mean, Nebraska's pass rush was withering. You know, I mean, you're bringing, you're bringing Wistrom off the edge. Um, Rucker on the other side, or who it, I, I, I can't remember who the other side was, but it was good. And of course, the Pete, Jason Peter. Um, that defense was uh, incredible. Um, I think Michigan. I don't think Michigan would have score. I think it would have been very similar to the Tennessee game. I think Michigan would have had trouble scoring twenty points.
1: Mm. Steve Hutchinson was part of that offensive line for Michigan, and he was one of the greatest I think to ever play the game. Sip.
5: Yeah, you know what. I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, I mean Michigan Michigan did what it did. It was an excellent it was a great football team. Um but I, I don't know, I always felt like Nebraska had gotten to the point where it was just almost I mean, it just almost felt like they were unbeatable. At that point it felt like that. Mm. Well I mean, so they dominated Tennessee. They Yep. They dominated a Tennessee team that, that you know, Peyton Manning was, you know. Obviously, his arm wasn't dead at that point. Right. Um, they had Peerless Price. They had a really good running back whose name's oh, Jamal Lewis. Um, played in the NFL with a high, high oh, yeah. draft. Baltimore, kick. yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, that was a really good Tennessee team, too. With Cutcliffe was the offensive coordinator. Uh, Cutcliffe was a great offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, great quarterbacks coach. Look what here. he's
1: doing at Duke for crying out loud! Right, no,
5: nobody knew about him back then. Right, not a lot point. of people in the yeah. SEC. They did in the SEC. They did, but he wasn't a national. He wasn't. He wasn't huge nationally then. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean that ten that Tennessee team was pretty good too, and Nebraska took them. Up.
2: Well, Sip, uh, did you ever hear the fake radio broadcast? No, was there one done? Yes, uh, some guys in Nebraska, it was somewhere on the radio. I think Chantel Jennings of The Athletic had a piece about it. Did you ever hear this radio piece and these three guys that got together and broadcast the game if it would have (laughs) happened? wow.
5: No, no, I know Billy Bender at the Sporting News wrote about it. I'm kind of meaning to get to his story. But no, I have not heard a radio broadcast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a long piece, of, uh, Bill Bennett. <laughs> now that's the project that uh, you guys teased a couple of weeks ago, right? That you were going to get together. He was doing a big project. He was good yeah. Recently. I just
6: I just
5: yeah. I just hooked him up with some former Nebraska players, and it sounds like he had a good time with it. Again, I haven't gotten the Billy story. I have it. I have it. I have it in front of me, but I just haven't read it yet.
1: Well, it's a long one. Uh, carve out uh, ten or fifteen minutes uh, to, to to go through it. I'm glad I did. Tom Osborne versus Lloyd Carr, pretty good coaching matchup. Well, we don't have that coaching matchup, but we have Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh this week. And sip, uh, just the way that the season has started for Nebraska, even back to you know missing the the, the game canceled or postponed, whatever you want to call it, from from week number one, and then the Colorado and Troy, and still winless this year. When the schedule first came out, you know you, this was one of the games you looked forward to, right? Michigan, Nebraska, Big Ten uh, lid lifter for both schools, but uh, it's just not started well for the Cornhuskers this year.
5: No, it's been kind of shocking here. It's it's really a uh, it's kind of a interesting dynamic. I mean, nobody envisioned it. Okay, I mean, I don't know anybody who, who thought they'd lose to both Colorado and Troy. I mean, I think there's some people anticipated that. Maybe one of those teams would give Nebraska trouble. I, I thought all along that Troy could be the one. I thought Troy would give Nebraska more trouble than Colorado. So when Colorado won, I figured this game would going to be pretty tough. But I still like Nebraska. I, it's kind of weird. The conversation's kind of odd. I mean, I thought Nebraska played pretty well against Colorado. You saw the game. Not there's good. a lot that went. Yeah, there's a lot that went well. For Nebraska, and there's actually kind of a positive vibe that came out of that game. The loss was, a – you know, it's, like I said, it's a very. The conversations here, as I told you the last time, are, are complex enough that I almost feel like you need to bring a psychologist in at this point. <laughs> I mean, the Colorado was a. You felt good about Colorado because Nebraska played with such a hard edge, but, you know, the loss was the loss. And now this game. You know, the edge wasn't there as much. The defense played pretty well, but, you know, they didn't lock down at the end when they needed to. Um, and then, you know, special teams for for the second straight week was abysmal. I'd say abysmal mm-hmm. is not overdoing it. And the offensive line was, uh, was, took a big step back, kind of a dramatic step back. And that, that has been a trouble area at Nebraska for years now. So, I don't know. There's some confusion, kind of. I mean, there's people that are very patient. But, see, they're patient with Frost, but their patience has been tested for, you know, going back to 2000s, the early 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a very, very odd uh, conversation here.
2: You know, a lot of people have looked at what Alabama did, and Nick Saman not naming a starter before the year. I think everyone knew it was going to be Tua, but stringing Jalen Hurts around. You look at what's happening now with Nebraska with the Martinez injury. Did Scott Frost play this right? I understand what's best for the kid and what they want to do going forward, and Jebbia found a home in Oregon State right away, but for the Nebraska football program, did Scott Frost do the right thing in naming Martinez his starter before the year?
5: Well, I mean, you always can go back, right, and, and look at it in hindsight, and it's a lot different. It's the way, you know, that is the nature of hindsight. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they had no inkling that Jebby was going to leave. You know, we've talked about this. They they got blindsided by Jebby. He never really sent out any signals that if he was the number two guy, he was out. Had that been the case, they would have approached it differently. Um, But the quarterback coach, Mario Vardusco said they, they they he he just never got that vibe and had he gotten that vibe he would have you know, reported he would have re- literally reported that to scott frost but it you know wasn't that way so i don't know i mean, it's, there, there, Trent, I mean there are people that suggest that maybe they mismanaged this but again, that, that just all feels like hindsight to me.
1: Hmm. Sip, so we'll let you go on this. There's a uh, a massive game in our state on Saturday night, as you know, Kinnick Stadium under the lights, seven thirty. Wisconsin, Nebraska. It, it sure feels like from where we sit, and we try to look at this. Um, you know, certainly not wearing black and gold glasses. I want to say we? Never, at least I never have. Um, but the winner of this game, Sip, is clearly in the driver's seat. I'm not sure that. You know, the love that Wisconsin got preseason has translated into as good a team as, and I'm not basing this just all on one loss necessarily with BYU, uh, but the stakes are just massive. Do you have a take on this? This this feels like a de facto Big Ten West championship in Week 4, for crying out loud.
5: Yeah, I have a take on it. I'm really interested in it. I, I thought that Wisconsin looked underwhelming in their opener. You know, they didn't play well on offense in their opener against Western Kentucky. I watched the entire game. It was on a Friday night, so I could watch it. And their offensive line was leaky in that game, surprisingly. They didn't, you know, they won it. They were in control but they of, of, of Western Kentucky. But it, 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 it didn't, I, I just felt like they didn't look quite right. Now mm-hmm. you kind of chalk it up to an opener. But then they didn't really look good in their second game. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't play particularly well in their second game either, so... The BYU result didn't didn't flabbergast me, and I'll tell you what. All I'm going now on is what I saw against Western Kentucky. But the way they played offensively against Western Kentucky, I, I'd wonder what they can do against Iowa. I, I mean, I don't think they would be able to put up a like. I don't think they could score twenty four points against Iowa with with the way they played that opener,
6: because Iowa
5: plays defense. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in the game. I'm, I think it, it's got to be close. You wonder if Wisconsin now will really try to turn it up. You know, Maybe the loss was in some ways good for him and bad for Iowa. I'm sure that's been discussed over there. Um, probably if you're going to win, I think you're going to have to win a low-scoring game.
0: I agree. That's probably what
5: you guys say, right? Yep.
0: Yep. Um, but I think
5: that's definitely something that could happen. I bet it'll be bloody. I mean, I bet
0: it'll – that's <laughs> got to be a war.
5: I mean, because I, I was in a, I mean, I really respect the way I was playing right now. I right? I like – I mean, I just like teams that play defense. I like teams that rush the passer.
1: you guys got, you got those big ends that get after
5: the passer. Um he you got to find – got to find enough offense. That's the thing.
1: Good stuff, Stephen, and we'll get you back next uh, Thursday in your regular spot. appreciate you being flexible today. Thank you, Stephen.
5: Oh, no problem at all. Take care, Good to
1: talk to you. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star, as we go around the Big Ten and take a look back to what never was in 1997. (laughs) A fun debate. Yeah, it is a good exercise to have, right? I mean, these two teams were... It's sad we didn't get it. But But the Rose Bowl was the Rose Bowl, and they still like to flex their muscle. But it
2: helped... Change the course. Yeah, I think
1: it did. Trent, I think Pushed it did. It over the edge. Yep, probably so. That was uh, one of the uh, factors in favor of doing this. We will take a timeout. When we come back, we'll have a former Hawkeye quarterback with us, Chuck Hartley, joins the program. What has he ste- seen from Nate Stanley so far in his junior season that perhaps uh, concerns him? Maybe nothing. We'll find out from Chuck when we come back. Trent and I are here until 2. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG.
0: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
4: Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Join us for the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's. Go to ALC.org walk to register for an event near you. Together, we can end Alzheimer's.
8: My heart skips skipping the beat, you're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, sway into the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. I don't think you know what you're doing to me, you got my- With
3: Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.
5: This is Hawkeye coach Kirk Ferentz. My players know that determination and a
3: strong will
5: can lead to endless possibilities. For years, Iowa farmers have believed that also. Farmers are the backbone of this country, and their dedication to bringing us food and energy has never been more important. That's why
0: we're proud to wear the America Needs Farmers logo on our helmets. Join the Hawkeyes and the Iowa Farm Bureau as we celebrate farmers during ANF Game Day on September 22nd. For more information and pick up some great ANF merchandise, visit AmericaNeedsFarmers.org. Sponsored by the
2: Iowa Farm Bureau. Federation. Everyone is a champion in their own way, but aches and pains can make you want to give up on your training or workouts.
7: On Saturday, September 29th, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Iowa, will be holding its 12th annual walk. Proceeds from this event will support NAMI's education programs. It will also support services for individuals living with mental health conditions and their loved ones. The walk will be held at Terra Lake Park in Johnston. Check-in begins at 8.30 a.m. The walk will begin at 10 a.m. Walkers can choose between a 5-kilometer or a one-kilometer route. To register
2: or to learn more, visit
7: namiwalks.org forward slash Iowa. The
2: Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards from brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at therookiesportscards.com
0: Sherbendale. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG.
1: Hi, welcome back. Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. Trent and I here until 2 o'clock. Bill Bender from the Sporting News coming up uh, in the 1 o'clock hour. So is John Miller from HawkeyeNation.com. As uh, promised, let's get the former QB of the Hawkeyes. One of the many ways Chuck Hartlieb, he joins the program. Chuck, Trent and Ken, how are you? Good to catch up with you, Chuck.
6: I'm doing
3: great. How about yourself?
1: Doing fine. Hey, uh, Trent and I were trying to uh, decipher this one, figure it out before you came on. And excuse my ignorance on this one, as I'm still in Canada during your career. But did you play a night game at Kinnick?
6: Oh, no. You um, didn't think so? No, I think the uh, Michigan-Iowa game was started uh, at 3 o'clock or so and ended up at night. But no yeah. no real night games. No, no. Figured Wish you so. would have. I'm jealous.
1: Yeah, I bet. Running out of that tunnel at night uh, with, the, with the, the black and gold throughout Kinnick Stadium. That's something you never would have forgot, I'm assuming.
6: No, oh, no doubt, and this one might be the best one yet. Saturday night, I think it's going to be rocking. Yeah, I think so too. So,
1: before we get into the uh, you know the X's and O's of that one, from your perspective, when you watch Nate Stanley, because you know how I feel about him, I, th- I thought he was Ben Roethlisberger at times last year. I still think he is physically. I mean, we've seen guys that have tried to bring him to the ground this year, and he just shakes them off, and they fall, and and he's able to uh, you know to complete the play. What have you seen that's different, if anything, Chuck, in, in Nate Stanley this year as opposed to last?
6: Oh, you know, I think uh, I think Brian is, is opening things up a little bit more and I think that makes it easier on the quarterback. I think the schemes have improved and I think there's guys more open down the field, which is nice to see. It's not as uh, as basic maybe as it's been in the past. So He's gotten more opportunities and for the most part, I think he's taken advantage of it, but I think if you had him on the phone right now, he'd be saying the same thing. I think that you look back at each game and it, you're allowed, I think, as a quarterback to make one or two bad throws. But if you're going to throw 20 or 25 times and there's four or five that you'd wish you'd have back, then then that's problematic. And I think that, uh, you know, there's been a couple of these games where there's four or five that he's either off on or thrown in the dirt or um, could have been an easy completion and just has missed. So um, if he could just improve by two or three more throws, I think he's, He's earning an A, but right now I think uh, even he would say that he's a little frustrated with his accuracy.
2: On those simpler throws, we're not talking fade routes, we're not talking about dropping in a bucket, but a a slant, a stop route, and you see him skip a pass. There was one a couple weeks ago to easily. Seemed like an easy throw, and he he left it short. Is that usually mechanical, or is there something going on upstairs that can lead to those throws? What do you think is more the case?
6: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people talk about footwork, and I agree with footwork. But I think there's a lot of I think the great quarterbacks can can throw off their back heels. They can throw off any bounce. They just are just whipping it around like a Brett Favre. I mean, Mm -hmm. Brett Favre didn't have great footwork, but he's incredibly accurate, and he just had that ability to whip it around. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the same thing. So I think footwork probably can be a challenge for him sometimes. But I'm just as concerned about what's going on between the ears and just him being a little bit. Yipish, or a little tight, et cetera, because, uh, yeah, it's those two or three short to intermediate that uh, are, are off right now. And it just, it's, it's an odd one to me. I haven't seen this in a quarterback at Iowa in quite a while. And uh, um, hopefully it's, it is. I think between, I don't know, I, I think both the issues are tough to correct. I mean, maybe his footwork can get better, et cetera. But I think you've got to combine them both, Trent. I think they're both a concern to me.
1: You know, the tight ends, Fats gets all, not all, but seemingly, you know, the attention is paid to the the, the numbers he's putting up at Iowa and, and breaking tight end records, etc. Uh, but T.J. Hawkinson, I mean, I have him go back to week one and... uh uh, you know, a guy that um, Chuck Long, uh, he's talking about Hawkinson might be the most important player, maybe the best player on this offense, at least what he saw. Hawkinson, I don't want to say quietly, uh, but, you know, when you when you factor in the, the attention that Fant receives, uh, Hawkinson's having a really, really nice year.
6: <laughs> I agree. I, I don't think Turk would ever say it because he doesn't want to. Upset anybody, but I think, you know, we might look back and say Hawkinson's the best yeah. college tight end and Fance is the best NFL tight end. Good. I mean, they're two completely yeah. different tight ends. And, you know, Fance is uh, destined for the NFL and, and probably will make millions there. But um, o- Hawkinson, with his route ability, I think he's shown better hands and he's clearly the better blocker. Um, you're, you're dead on. He's the critical part of it. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to have those two combinations because uh, they're. they're critical to the attack when we're short on wide receiver skills right now.
2: You know, Chuck, a lot is said about the wide receiver position in Iowa, and it needs to get more out of that position. When you look at it from the quarterback perspective, it, you feel like Iowa can find guys that can at least run as fast as anybody else in the country. You look at you know, a Sunbelt game or a Mac game, and you see fast guys out there. What is it that that gets to the guys, and what's it take for a wide receiver to create separation outside of just speed?
6: Oh, well, I think, you know, there's a couple other things. The intelligence, the uh, ability to attack downfield the right way with your steps. I mean, just a, a foot here or there as you plant a foot or or take a seam um, can be critical in getting open. And so, uh, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, I think it's still true today. I don't think you have to have just absolute, true, flat-out speed. I think it's just understanding and attacking the defense is right and, I think it's again a challenge for Iowa's offense because in for recruiting because I don't think the route tree mm-hmm. is as complex as maybe a Michigan or a um, you know a, another similar type of school. I think we've really just got it um, pretty basic, which is kind of their mo, which has worked out just fine, I guess, in their minds. But uh, I think the route tree can get more sophisticated that could allow these guys to get. Uh, more open and more opportunities and and take the stress off of everything else.
1: You know when you're watching uh, when it's the defenses turn on the field and you're watching you know those defensive ends and Anthony Nelson who's just a beast and he's going to play at the next level and of course we know that uh, Epinesa, who reminds me of Reggie White and I know that's probably over the top but Reggie White did go look think back to his Tennessee days as well and when he was raw and that's what I see out Epinesa, and then those guys doing their job in the middle whether it be Lattimore Matt Nelson who's really coming on as well and Sam Brinks' his shine this defensive front eye was going to keep this team I think in a lot of games this year.
6: Well, you know, it reminds me of Coach Fry in the eighties. He'd call this the money game. And you know, I, I don't know if they've really gone up a, a solid against a really solid, good offensive line yet. And so I agree with you. Um but we'll find out Saturday night because mm-hmm. if we need to bring a fifth, sixth, seventh guy to get pressure on the quarterback, then um we got a little bit too excited on the D line. I, I think they're gonna be great. I think we're gonna be fine Saturday night, but um, to really be as strong and as excellent as we think they are. Mm-hmm. It needs to happen Saturday night. I love that line from Coach Fry. He'd get up to us a couple times every year and say, Hey, guys, when the NFL scouts come in, they don't ask for the Iowa State game or the Northwestern game. They ask for Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know Those schools, they're going to watch the show on, and they're definitely – Anthony Nelson is going to get judged in the Wisconsin game, not on any of the other games. So um, these guys need to have huge games um, Saturday night because you don't want to – we haven't had to be put in demand situations much yet, and if we get to a situation where they got all kinds of time in the pocket, um, it's going to be a new experience for our DBs and our linebackers. So, hopefully, those D linemen can keep it going.
2: Don't you like it a lot better when Wisconsin was trying to run the veer when you guys were playing? <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is uh, this is impressive. No, I, I I like Wisconsin's offense. I think they. They've got uh, the right balance. You know, it's really, I think, just Wisconsin, Iowa, and Stanford are, are, I I can't believe that not more schools, I I know why most don't, but Wisconsin, Iowa, and Stanford are the three unique offenses or the the run-first mentalities, and I kind of appreciate it, even as a quarterback, but I just think that um, we can get a little bit more sophisticated in the pass offense, and I think Brian's getting it done this year. I think that we're making progress in that area, and I think he's held some stuff back, and I think we'll see some new stuff Saturday night. Mm. Uh it seems pretty
1: simple dogs chuck and maybe we're oversimplifying things but the winner of this game certainly looks as though they're ticketed for Indianapolis.
6: Oh. <laughs> well, that's awful. Early. I agree I know. I mean, you're 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 in the you're you're front running and I agree you you're dead on there but uh um I could easily see the Big 10 left having two losses and uh um no you're right it's, it's a huge huge deal and uh, I really think Kirk is had this thing circled for a month or two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they knew. I think they knew. I think a lot of people about knew the game knew that Wisconsin's front seven wasn't going to be as good. They'd lost a lot of guys to the NFL. Their last couple of years of recruits haven't been as strong. And so I don't think the front seven is, is as good as it's been in past years. So hopefully we can get that running game going. And hopefully we can take advantage of the one on one situations because they're definitely going to bring the safeties down. Um, they're definitely going to force us to take advantage of those one-on-one situations, and that's what it will come down to because I, you know, maybe we run for 80 yards, maybe harm 10, but at the end of the day, I think we're going to need a couple of explosive plays downfield to, to win the game.
1: Chuck, we uh, love catching up with you. Thank you. We look forward to doing this again before the season comes to an end. Thank you for uh, giving us a few minutes. Uh, we really appreciate it, Chuck. Thank you. Take care, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Chuck Hartley. Joining us is uh, gets some good stuff there, right? When you telling the Hayden fried stories. Yes. That's a really good stuff. Uh, we will come back with a 1 o'clock hour. Bill Bender's uh, going to join us from the Sporting News. We'll preview some of the bigger games of the week. John Miller, Nation.com. Trent and I are here until 2. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 KBGG.
0: Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG.
7: We're a roofing machine. Thinking about selling your home soon? Listen up, as this will save you big money. Charterhouse Real Estate is a full-service real estate firm that has eliminated the typical 6 or 7% commission structure that you are used to. We charge sellers $24.95 plus 3%. We know, math stinks, so think about it like this. If you were selling a $200,000 house, you would save roughly $3,500 with us versus a 6% commission. If your home is $400,000, the savings would be $9,500. The best part, you get the savings while still getting all the service. Professional photography, a short three-month contract, social media marketing, sign and lockbox, all major real estate websites, and of course, your home will be on the MLS as well. Get it all and save money. We like the sound of that. Learn more at CharterHouseIowa.com or search for us on Google. And while you're there, make sure to check out our hundreds of five-star reviews. That's CharterHouseIowa.com.
8: I'm so happy. Football's back. Fire up the grill and crack open a cold one because it's time to celebrate with an approved by Joe tailgate. Hey, Joe Clemens here from Capital City Motor Company. This month, bring me your old car and score the nicer, newer ride you've been fantasizing about for just $10 down. Sack your old car and start driving a nicer, newer car of your dreams. Has the ref thrown a flag on your past credit problems? My one and only for the people credit approval process is the game changer you've been waiting for. We huddle up with the banks and lenders and call the audibles to get you approved and back in the game. Guaranteed. Stop driving a car you hate and punt it and drive home a nicer, newer car today for just $10 down. I'm throwing a Hail Mary to make my month and I need your help. Trade in your old car and drive for Just ten bucks down. This is for a limited time, so get in here and score before the clock runs out. I'm Joe Clemens, and I'm your dealer for the people. Come see us at Capital City Motor Company in Des Moines on East University. One block off I-235 on the State Fair side. Call 265-1467 or online at ApprovedByJoe.com. ApprovedByJoe.com. www.approvedbyjoe.com. Dr. Bob Arnott
0: for Salon Pass. I'm training for the world's most grueling paddleboard race. Thirty-two miles of open ocean, high winds, and surf. Naturally, I get a lot of muscle pain. Fifty years in medicine has taught me what to look for in a pain reliever: powerful, targeted, non-addictive, and available without a prescription. I found it in Salon Pause Lidocaine Plus. It has two powerful anesthetics that numb nerves right where it hurts. Salon Pause gives me relief.
4: electric company cable provider an italian leather shop in italy that doesn't seem right in fact it seems suspicious today we're recommitting to you and continuing to help keep your money safe like alerting you to certain card activity we find suspicious if it's not your purchase we'll help you resolve it wells fargo established
5: 1852